So this week's episode, we're going to look back at Friday the 13th. Uh, so on the episode is myself, Evan, Adam, and Prog. So I, I believe Adam picked this. Well, I, I might be wrong on that, but um, I think at least one person on this podcast is not going to be a fan of this film. <laughs> but I think this is going to be an interesting uh, conversation. Who could that be? <laughs> I'm going to start with Adam. You are probably the bigger horror fan out of us all. Am, yeah. So what? Yeah, what's your memories, or you know, what, what's your association with the film? Oh man, it's just this. This film just takes me straight back to being like 14 years old, going to the video shop, getting this on the VHS, and uh, with some friends, and then watching it, uh, and then waiting to find all the sequels on television, and renting them from the same video shop, and just kind of hammering through the, the entire. Fr- I always I had the entire franchise all taped off TV and uh, or bought on VHS. Um, even I, I loved these when I was a teenager. These I still, I still love them now. I I, I know. I know there's problems with these films. I know there is, but I still, I you still didn't like, accept that last night. There's no problems with the first one. The first one's perfect. There's nothing wrong with the first film at all. The first one's a Hitchcockian movie. <laughs> it's a Hitchcockian murder mystery. The first one is. It's great. Of course, it is. No problem. No problems with the first film at all. But there's absolutely no issues at all with this film. If you, if someone can find a plot hole in this, God, you fucking co- you're combing through the film. You're finding things that aren't there. You need a for, you need to get in the forensic experts to pick holes in this, anyway. Yes, you do. Yes, you absolutely do. But yeah, I've just always had mad love for this film. Um, I've seen um, seen all of them uh, to the point. I always remember once when I was younger, there was no train from Everville to Cardiff. I I even caught like a two hour bus to Cardiff when I was about fifteen to buy part three on VHS because it was never on television. I so much <laughs> love these when I was younger. Well, and, out of the franchise, Ad, what's your favourite one? My favourite one's number four. Number four is the best one. Before is the um, absolute top don. What what's the um, the second tagline title to it? The fourth one is called the final chapter. There's a lot final. of finals, <laughs> even though it's not. No, <laughs> I love that one. It's, it's, it's Joe Zito directed it. Who did the he did the Prowler the year before, and it's the fourth one. Is like I know like this one has issues and stuff, but like the fourth one is one of the great horror movies. I absolutely love part four. Like, it are, you, is a- are you just going to keep nominating Friday the 13th films so we can get to watch number four? I'm going to keep nominating these until we get up to Jason X, the 10th one. I love them all. I love all of the Friday the 13th films. Oh, as long as, yeah, but I don't want to watch Friday the 13th part eight, Gangs of New York. No, it's not Gangs of New York. Jason takes Ma- uh, Manhattan. <laughs> I know that. It's amazing. That's it's not amazing. That- that is the worst one of the franchise. Part. I don't want. I don't want bloody. Uh, what's his name? Who was the Irish actor? Who's won three Oscars? Daniel Day Lewis. I don't want him mincing round opposite Jason. He punches his head off. Poor little gobshite. <laughs> it's like, like that's yeah. a film I'd watch. Bill the Bill the Butcher versus Jason Voorhees. But yeah, great stuff. Front of the thirteenth part one. I mean, everyone loves it. Everyone in this podcast loves it. Would you recommend, guys, just do the... No, I'm joking, but uh, we'll get through now. What's your memories of it, Prog? Uh, I've only ever watched this once before, and it was off the back of... It was when I started getting into horror films, so I'd watched Halloween, and I think I read an article um, about... Or, uh, yeah, I think I went through like one of the movie magazines, and they had like a list of horror films similar or they were recommending 
and this was on there, so I was going through my horror binge. Um, do you, do you I, think you would have watched this one before the others, or would you watch one of the other ones in the franchise first? I've only ever watched one other Friday the 13th oh, film okay. apart from this one, and it's um, Gangs in New York. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd only ever watched this once. I'm watching it last night. I remembered why I'd only ever watched it once. No, we watched the remake in the living room the one night. And you said it was I don't a count remakes. You said it was a fantastic. It's part of the series. The remake's a good film. I didn't say it was a good film. Did you? You, you give it a clap at the end. You thought it was great. Oh, you yeah. Got started clapping. <laughs> uh, um, so my memories of this, I can't remember the first time I I saw it. Um, I probably only seen it maybe once or twice before, like Prague, before I watched it the other night. But I do have, um memories of watching number eight quite a bit i think i recorded it off tv or i bought it from pound stretcher really cheap um and you know with a i think with like children of the corn type you know those type of sort of movies i think uh, i remember you telling me about number eight because i remember you saying about um this guy gets his head punched off <laughs> it's the scene i always remember you get his head yeah. just gets you know, it's either chopped off or I think it's physically it's punched, punched off. off. And then it, it like rolls off the building, doesn't it, into the dumpster. Yeah. It is one of the... um, That is the worst one of the series, but that is one of the best kills in a Friday the 13th film when he punches the guy's head off. And Which, which Friday the 13th film does he fight Godzilla? What? Yeah. Jason Voorhees fights everyone, doesn't he? Which one does he fight Godzilla? <laughs> he doesn't fight Godzilla, sadly. I would love to, I would love to watch that, though. I was thinking, if I missed some comedy sketch or something. <laughs> do you count Freddy versus Jason in the? In... I do. Yeah, it is part. Of, yeah, that's part of the series. Like it's it's part of it's what brings that and Nightmare on Elm Street together, and it? it's like it's the uh, it's the joiner that one is. It's a great. I, I love Friday versus Jason. That's a good. That's a great film. What I love about Friday the Thirteenth, um, the franchise, they weren't afraid to cash in. So they they <laughs> released Friday the 13th in 1980 and the film came out in 81, 82, 84, 85, 86, 88 and 89 and I think there was a new, like a 94 or something as well. So fair play. They cashed it in, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's sort of what I love about them though because the first three, the first three films, they're trying to kind of be serious about it but then by number four, we're just like, do you know what? Fuck it. We know what, we all know what this is. Let's just have fucking fun with this right now. And they just they just go all in. They, and that's why I love them so much, right? Because that's why the series is so rewatchable, because they're so funny as well. In like they just don't care. Like they just they, they, they tell they once the supernatural elements start coming into play from part five, that's when the series is just like boom. It, it just doesn't care anymore. And it's fucking hilarious. It's great. It's it's a joy. Because well, the, the irony is, is if you mention Friday the 13th to people, they immediately think of the supernatural element. But obviously you've just said that it's only from part five onwards. Well, I'd argue, though, it's partly from, like, this one as well. You know the dream scene at the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you can, you can excuse that as a dream sequence, well, couldn't you? Well, what happened was, right, in number five, so in the, in the, final, in the final Friday... Well, hang on now. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, skip over this part if you don't want any of the spoilers, but in, in number four, the final chapter, they kill Jason. They, they kill Jason at the end of it, like, all right. But then number five, Jason's killing everyone, but it's not actually Jason. It's someone pretending to be Jason at the end. Very controversial entry in the series, that one is. But then in part six, 
they dig up some teenagers dig up Jason's body because they think, oh, let's dig him up. And he gets struck by lightning and he comes back to life. And he goes on a fucking absolute fury bender, killing everything in his path. And I, that, what you just said about number five, though, that sounds like a scream. Oh, but that's the, I like number five. I actually really like I actually really like the new blood. But that one is like hated by fans. It's, and it's like it's actually a really good film. It's got some of the best kills in it, number five as well. So how is Jason still alive in two, three, and four? Uh, did he not drown? The, the, the low is that he just raised himself in the woods of Camp, oh, yeah. of Camp Crystal Lake forever. Right, so the law is is that there's a story about him drowning, i.e. the first film, but yeah. he didn't actually drown, and no. that's how he's in two onwards. Yes. So that yeah. means his mother, in the first film, incorrectly thinks that he's dead. The thing is, right? suffered for no reason at all. With what I like to, what you got to think about, I guess, right? When they were making number two, they were a bit like, man, that Jason scene at the end did really well. This was like a bunch of producers right now, and they're like, it'd be good to make a sequel of him. Yeah, but he dead me. What if he's still alive? We can work with that. That's how it all came about. It's like, what, what happens if, um, you know, you know, don't shoot me down here. What happens if he's not dead? And everyone went, <gasps> literally, yeah. Like they're like, oh, but we can't make another one. He's not dead. Well, if he's still alive, just saying. First one made fifty-five million in his opening weekend. Okay, he's still alive then. So the I mean, dream sequence wasn't a dream. He kills. He kills. He kills Adrian in the in the um. He kills Alice in the first in the second film in the beginning. What are you telling people for? The opening scene, cuts it head off. Brutal. There's no point in watching it now. Oh, we are going to watch number two. Number two's number two's class. Number two's got amazing kills in it. Number two. Oh, Number stop two, you stop yeah. using those words. Number class. two, number two is like you have to get for, through the first half hour, but once they get to the camp and Jason starts popping up, that's when. Why would get... I want to watch a film where I've got to get through the first half hour? It's like, it's like, it's like opera or something. You just got you've got to get through the opening, you know, the opening way to it. Stuff. Or to... opera, you got to get through the opening two hours to get to the break. <laughs> got to get to the to get to the juice. You know what I mean? But uh, to get to the fun. Ed, what about you? Because I know you hadn't seen this before. No. So. Yeah, my my memories were quite recent, considering the first time I saw it was last night. Um, did Did Sean watch it with you? Yeah. Oh, um, are we going to get a Are we going to get a Sean review on this as well? Um, well, she she was she was on her phone and just just like looking up a, a little bit. Um, okay, just tell us at the end what she if she said anything. Oh, okay. Um, I, I still vote for Sean being on this podcast over ever. <laughs> I'm just a whipping boy here, aren't I? Yeah. Actually, we could we could have got Adam's partner on you, Liz. She watched it with us last night as well. Well, and we, we may as well get Rachel on then, and then the rest yeah. of us can just have a night off. It'd be fine. But what I reckon, well, I'd still have to be on you, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah, you, you're fine. We, we, yeah, we get yeah. um, your sister on or something. It'd be fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we um yeah, but what we need now in YouTube, no one Evan said um or you said, oh what does Sean think of it? We need a little like video, you know, yeah. screen to come up and Sean to give her a review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll just it'll, it'll just be her like Commodus and Gladiator just going. Wow. <laughs> oh, so you just giving her a review? Well. Ah, right. I, I was wondering where you were going then. I didn't hear you say well, the, the name. I thought you you said Gladiators. I thought you were like John Anderson. Oh, no. Gladiators oh, no. ready. <laughs> But like, I got the headset for it. I, th I think for spoilers, we should put a sensor bar over Evan's uh, little video. Okay. Yeah, we should have. Like, <laughs> to, 
<laughs> to be fair, to be fair, she didn't give a review, so I, I honestly don't know what she thought. Um, well, I will say, Liz thought didn't think she was watching a horror last night. Did she think it was a comedy? She no, was she's laughing too much. Oh, yeah. She said her words were she thought it was an intense drama. <laughs> Shut up, bad. She didn't say that. At she all. said she said she said, Did Michael Haneke direct this? And I went, No, babe. It just looks like a dummy did. <laughs> so yeah. Ev, more initial thoughts. Were you not a fan? No. Sorry, Ad. It's a no from me. Fucking it's hell. um it's it's don't worry, Ad. Evan has form. We'll win him over by the end of the podcast, and he'd be recommending it. Before, before we, before we said this, he was saying he liked this because I said it's because I dunked on great outdoors. Yeah, that's that's it now. Yeah, you, you and me are finished. That's it. Um, no, it's I just I got bored easily, and it I I couldn't. I, it, it wasn't until like the strip monopoly scene that I knew who, who half the people were. I thought you said got interested. Oh, well, yeah. I'm turning turn this um, off. Let's play Strip Monopoly. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. But but just, he no, just now. Up, he woke up from his slumber as soon as yeah. he heard the word strip. Strip Monopoly. Mm. Um, no, but, but like only until now that when you said about um, the, the girl's called Alice, is that right? Yeah. The, the, the surviving girl. Didn't even know what her name was. She's like she's like a Laurie Strodeman. You can't compare it to Jamie Lee Curtis here. I'm going to be with you on like selling some of the positives of the film, but I can't back you up on that one. I'm surprised Adam didn't go one step further and said this was uh, the first incarnation of Ellen Ripley or something. Before, Before they got Adrian King to play Alice in this, did you know who they originally wanted? Yeah, probably Jamie Lee Curtis, is it? Sally Field. Really? They wanted Sally Field. Yep, 100%. They were like, because they wanted to go down the same route as Halloween and get like a bit of a name in it. And uh, But the reason they didn't go with Sally Field is because she was way too expensive. And then they were like, ah, fuck it, we'll just keep... They had like 500k. And they were like, yeah, we'll just keep the money for mm. gold. And get unknowns in it, like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah I, have to, I have to admit, Halloween's infinitely better than, than this. i got to. I got to admit Oh, I'll, me, anyway. I'll, I'll definitely contend, but Halloween is the better film, 100%. Mm. Like, yeah, wait until you hear Adam's rank rating on this film. <laughs> Let on, me guess, you... is it a two-digit number? Not two digits, it's free. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, 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 save the, we'll save my... We'll save the Adam rating for the end. Like, uh, I like yeah, to... Yeah. Right, come on, let's move on to favourite aspect. Ev, can I go, from... yeah. first? Can I go oh, first? Go on then, Frank, yeah. I go... Oh, no, sorry, Ed, go on then. No, no, go on, you go, you go. Special effects. Fuck, he took mine. Well, it's, it's Tom Savini, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sex yeah. machine. Yeah, Sex yeah. machine is my favorite. Yeah. The, the work, he, the work he does is um is brilliant on this. If you like the Tom Savini special effects in this, he come he came back for number four, and the special effects in number four are just probably some of the best like slasher movie effects I've ever seen in number four because of Tom Savini. Is his, his his game is like through the roof in that one because he'd done like. He'd been doing like Day of the Dead and all that sort of stuff as well. So, I, I just, I'm, I'm just taking into account the time that this was made as well. So, you know, you had you you could only do practical effects. You had you, there's not a lot of money involved. I just think for what they had to work with, this it, it was it's done very well. Um, bear in mind also, um, just for like in terms of like just pushing the boundaries as well because. You couldn't do stuff like this back then. This was like, yeah, today this is tame. You get stuff like, you get violence like this in an episode of something on Netflix, but 
back then in 1979, 1980, this was fucking, this freaked people the fuck out, man. Mm. The fucking ratings were nuts over this. Well, especially when you consider you had Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween, which had come out a few years prior to this. And there's hardly any go in either of those films, but they are quite, they're, they're known for being quite sort of, it's a psychological it? horror, isn't it? Psychologically yeah. confrontational as well, isn't it? Because there's a lot of screaming, a lot of uh, threat. But it, and... Yeah, but even like the, the I'd I'd say the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably more, I'd say a lot more sinister th- than this. And oh. the the scene that comes scene that comes to mind for me is the the vice scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just for just for the just for the fact it goes on for that that long a time, and the. And the fact that it's it's a slow sort of torture rather than just you know you get decapitated and that's it. Mm. The, the axe in the head and th- just scenes like that, you know, it, for me it had a bit of a B movie feel to it, and, and it, it has a B movie feel now. I think looking back because you compare it to a sort of modern horror, but I think those special effects are brilliant, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, the thing is right. The, the, the other thing I, w- I want to make mention of, obviously, Sean S. Cunningham, I know he's not the best director in the world. He, he's more of a producer than a director. But, like, he, he started off with Wes Craven. They did Last of Us and the Left together. I'm telling you, but he, he, the guy has a sixth sensibility. He loves, like, he just, even though he said he wanted to make a more fun roller coaster ride horror movie with Friday the 13th, like Cashin on the Halloween, he kind of brought that disturbing stuff from Last of Us and the Left with him. And that's why you get axes in the face. Kevin's bacon having the... Um, poker through his neck and stuff. That's good. That death is good. That's my like, favourite scene. That that one. I think it's really well done. And it's not and, you don't really expect it. No. And you and you personally have got to see some 80s boobs as well, didn't you? Yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon got, got the cap an 80s boob. <laughs> and they've got one of my favourite sarcastically uh tropes in a film where both people climax together. Because we all we all know that happens all the time in real life. Happens every single time. Prog, prog. Just because you weren't bringing the ruckus to the ladies doesn't mean that uh, oh, that's not realistic. <laughs> what are you on about, man? It's all it's over too early for them. I've got to keep going. One, Mister One Pump One, don't you? Oh, I reckon Prog's encounters. Remember that scene in American Pie when he's just dancing in the room? I thought you were going to say where he's shagging the pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come on one day to find something horrible. <laughs> hey, Prog, I'm a holiday finish. Oh my god, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Kipling's uh, box on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. He would have r- rummaged through your cupboards and found um, a free bent dot. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it to one of your. Fr- oh, I couldn't Prog do was- it to one of them with that tin. Oh, you'd cut oh, it off, yeah. wouldn't you? Oh, but yeah. it'd be gone. Oh. Where's my piece put in? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back to the film, though, there's, there is something for the ladies in there. There's eighties ass. You see, uh, you see, Kev, a bit of Kevin Bacon cheek, isn't it? Yeah, his little, his little pig cheeks there, but well, and his tiny swimming shorts. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't die for um for toffee though, can he? Jesus Christ, he's terrible. Oh, that that hurt when he when he dives in and just went. When, when, yeah, when oh, Ned man. is um sort of drowning. Could yeah. you do you, watching this film though? Do you could you tell Kevin Bacon was gonna be an actor from that performance? Because sometimes when you watch a low budget film or a film that isn't very good, 
you can tell if one of the actors is going to rise above it or not. Do you Rick, do you think you've got enough time to say that with Kevin Bacon? Because he's obviously gone on to become a very good actor. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because I sort of looked, I was looking out for him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Kevin Bacon. I, I tell you an interesting one, though, with like, you, in a lot of these older 80s slash films, like, you always did you sometimes used to see the old, like, I think, like, is it the Burning direct? I think it was Harvey Weinstein's film, the one he directed, the only film he directed. Um, it's like Jason Alexander's in it, and like all these big actors pop up in it. I'm looking at actually, I'm gonna find the cast of that now. But but when you see like these, when you see like these films, like these old films of the uh, the starting off points, it's quite interesting. I always find. Mm. But then again, does he have much to work with though? He doesn't. He's just like you're dead, kid. Five. Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead quite quickly, isn't he? So, come on, other favorite aspects. Some of the camera camera works quite quite good. Like um, like the point of view shots. You know, it's it's very much of the time because I know Halloween did did a lot of um, lot of camera work like camera work like that of the like very sort of voyeuristic how the how the attackers sort of spying on um, uh, on the victims. Yeah, just just the the great ways in which in which people die as harsh as it sounds. I thought some yeah. of the I thought some of the music was quite good. There was other times when it was just too much like Psycho or Halloween. Got right on me like, wicket after a while. Yeah. The composer, Harry Manfredini, I just uh, I looked it up earlier. He did the music for every one of the films except for the remake. But he, Isn't it he, just the same music in all the films. No, he just he did there are scores and he obviously uses the temp score in the main theme, but uh, but uh, he says his inspiration was Jaws. Really? The Jaws. Yeah, that, that was his inspiration. That was his um, John Williams's Jaws. Sean S. Cunningham asked for music like that, and that's what he made. But it sounds like Psycho more to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Jaws apparently. I can see some bits that, like the cello, the bits of cello kind of bring get, kind of bring a Jaws vibe, though. I will say that. Cello, fucking hell, we've got a bit of highbrow here, haven't we? <laughs> you can your cello strings in there. You can your cello strings on the score sometimes. It's like that, that, that sounds a bit like John Williams's Jaws um, score. This is better than Jaws, by the way. Talks <laughs> about losers rag. Come on, let's move on to favourite scene. I'll, I'll go first, only because we've already mentioned it, and we can br- quickly go over there. My favourite scene is Kevin Bacon's death. I think you know something's going to happen, but what you don't expect is something to come up through his bloody throat. Yeah. Um, and just, the, you know, again, shout out to Tom Savini, I, th- I think his, um, his special effects on this are brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's just, you know, he's just had some nice climax at the same time sex with his woman, and he's having a lie there, smoking a spliff, and then he just gets poked to the neck. Yeah, but you, you, if it goes on the traditional horror horror route, you know he's going to die, right? You're expecting it. He's the he's just found the body, or the, the you know that's dip, dripped on him. You know something's going to happen. I just think it's quite inventive how it happens, yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's quite visible as well. So you know, brilliant. Well, it's a bit misdirection as well. It's good use of misdirection because the blood's dripping on his head. So you think, oh, he's going to find the body first before he dies. But it's just a case of blood on the head and then bang in through his neck. And that well, dirt, dirty old woman, she was under the bed while they were having sex. I know, back, yeah. Back I still I still don't believe that she would have had the uh, strength to hold Kevin Bacon's head down. But, you know. She has got stamina, mind. The amount of time she gets like knocked out and attacked right at the end, it's... It, you know, I went in the oh, double figures at one point. On fight, no, was... Don't get me started on that fight. I know I've got, I've got, I've got. Uh, yeah, it's like a season street fight or something. Just kept on getting up. I my favorite scene is the build up 
to Brenda's death. So Brenda is the one that suggests strip monopoly. And she's the one that goes to her room to read. But she first goes to the bathroom. And she goes to the bathroom after, is it Marcy's Marcy. being killed? Mar- Marcy's the one who gets um, the axe, the axe in the head. In the head. Yeah. yeah. Then Brenda goes in after her, but you don't see any of the aftermath of that. But what I like about that particular scene is, is that while Brenda's sort of like washing herself or brushing her teeth or whatever, she looks at the shower curtain or she looks into the shower room. And every time she looks into the shower room, there's a subtle difference. Like the shower curtain has moved slightly or the light is swinging or the light is non. I quite like that build up. And you see the fingers, don't you, around the, around the shower curtain? Yeah, yeah I, think, nice I think that was a good horror setter. Yeah, mine was the same, because she and the um, the reveal where she finds... Is it her that finds Bill? No, Alice finds was, Bill, is it? Ah, right, okay. Yeah, um, well, that and and the, and the when Alice finds Bill just, you know, behind the door, that, that was a... That was well, a yeah, we'll come on to that in, in my changes, but, um, yeah, remind me about it. Question. Obviously, they they play strip monopoly, but what other games could you you know could do you think you could play strip versions of? Yes, who? Twister. Yeah. Hungry hippos, maybe. Kaplank. There'll be some Kaplank after that. Um, I actually I don't really know how you'd play strip monopoly. I mean, because they had the money on the table. I was like, what's the point of having the money? Isn't the, aren't the cloves currency here? Yeah. I, was, I don't know how it'd work. I guess they knew. They were still bloody clothes at the end of it. So. Do you remember a board game called called Hotel? No. I love it was Hotel. a little bit oh. like Monopoly, but you had to build hotels. I'm going to Google this now. No, was one we, my, I had it. It was one of my favourite growing up. Loved we, it. Should have, we should have a Rewind the Movies Monopoly tournament, all four of us. Oh, God. I uh, was. Whoever wins gets to pick the next 10 films or something. I, I would do everything in my power to sabotage you not winning. Because if I won, it would be we are watching we are watching every dog film ever. <laughs> we need to branch would, out into some board games, I think, anyway. I would click on top 100 dog films of all time, scroll to the bottom 10, and just be like, this is what we're watching, Frog. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I was just going to go off on a, on a board game tangent. I love board games. Oh, love yeah, them. I... Still love a ball game back in the day. Well, the thing is, there's a bit of a comeback for them now because um, they started to make like well, there's always been a big board game, uh, uh, board game sort of community anyway. But uh, I didn't realize that they make board games of fucking everything. Like there's a Resident Evil board game come out the other week or the other month and stuff. There's lots of shit coming out for them. Well, there's a um, Big Trouble in Little China board game, and that's quite sought after. Why? Why is that? They didn't make that many of them, is it? Uh, I think they only done an initial run the air of them, and um, the community are like really hot, and in the sense of like they they snap them up whenever they come on sale again. Do so. you re- do you remember? I have to look this up now. What was that board game? It's fucking brilliant as well. I mean, I played it a few times. Oh, you had to have a video to play it though. You had to have a video. Atmosphere. Uh, atmosphere. Yeah, that was a brilliant game back in the day. Yeah. Remember that the guy on the um. Uh, scariest shit that was. We, we, Conqu- I tell you what, maybe we should. Try and find a copy of it and try and play it one night. Atmosphere yeah. board game. I had atmosphere you... and atmosphere too. Oh my god, guys! Someone's put the entire VHS on YouTube. <laughs> really? 
<laughs> yeah, it's an it's an hour and three minutes long. Yeah. But I, I always remember near the end where he's like, come closer, come closer, and you get right to the screen. And all of a sudden, he just shouts like, get away from me, you fucking peasant. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was also called Nightmare as well, apparently. They're called Nightmare as well. There was another name. Uh, atmosphere. Was he called Nightmare in other regions? We wouldn't have called it Nightmare because we have Nightmare, the TV show. Yeah, we, we, oh, we, that we, called it at, we called it Atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna buy it, and we're gonna play it one night and oh, just record it. Even if you just get the game without a board, without a VHS tape, we can watch the VHS on YouTube anyway. So it's fucking quick. Oh, you gotta play it. If it's only an hour long as well, come on. Yeah. No, but you, you know, I mean, you can just get the VHS tape on YouTube. So you don't have to get a VHS player and all that to get. Yeah, Adam oh. saying if you bought it and it didn't come with the VHS, at least it's on YouTube for you to watch it as well. If I'm buying it. I'm. I won the VHS. I got a VHS player anyway. So with a CRTV television as well. No, I. I, I I'm gonna, you know, struggle with that. But we have to go all in now. We're going to VHS. I, I just found quid for that. Yeah, I just found uh, for the for the for the listeners. Uh, I just found the Big Trouble in Little China board game, and it's two hundred and twenty-one pound. Um, yeah. You can you can actually pay like installments like through Klarna or whatever it is. Get well, on it. Right, come on, other scenes. My favourite scene of the film is the Jason jump scare at the end. That's the best. Mm. I know it's, I have other scenes I like, you guys have mentioned a couple of them as well, but that is the, the best. And so much so, when we watched it last night, and my, my, my girlfriend was there, she jumped, because she'd never seen it before, she jumped a mile at that. I saw it, I was watching it in the corner of my eye because I knew it was coming. I mean, but, in, um, fain, in fairness, you, you could say that's one of the most influential scenes in horror it's the all. It's the all. It's all over now. We're safe. Comfort blanket, like you know. Well, it's, it's like um, yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. Not Friday the Thirteenth. No, Nightmare on Elm Street. My- Although it's badly done, where the, the blow up doll is pulled back up through the, the the door window, it's like that, isn't it? It's all over. Everything's fine. Ah, it's not fine. There's, there's one film that came, well, there's probably more films that came before it, but there's one example I can think of a film which came before it, which has a, a, as big a jump scare at the end, and that is Carrie, Brian De Palma's Carrie. Mm. Well, yeah. that's, that's actually like one of my favourite horror movies of all time, but like the end of that made me jump so much when I was younger, and it's always oh, a hand coming out of a grave. No music, yeah. just a hand coming out. It's just, no, none of this boom sort of sound effect. It's just it's just brilliant, but, um, but and also brilliant in front of the 13th. Um, yeah, I have a favorite scenes though, you know, from the beginning to the end. If that counts as a scene, I, I didn't mind the, um, the I suppose the expedition dump, my expedition, you know what I mean? Expedition, <laughs> yeah, get my words right. Um, it's from Mrs. Voorhees, sort of tells the background story, and we learn about Jason. I, I'm not saying it was amazing, but I quite liked it. Because it wasn't amazing. Well, I quite liked it. It was it set the scene. Stupidest things I've seen in that film. It's the law. It's not stupid. How is it stupid? It's so crap. I was on the edge of my seat. I wouldn't go that far, but I yeah. I I I I hadn't seen it in a while. I'd forgotten it was there, I'd forgotten some of the story behind it, and so it was just nice for it to then set the scene. But then I like a big fat dump in the film anyway. Did you know 
did you know that Betsy Palmer, who played Mrs. Voorhees, upon reading the script said, I'm not doing that fucking piece of shit movie. That's what she said. And then a week later, she said to her agent, I need to buy a new car, call them back. Yeah, a car broke down, <laughs> didn't it? She was in, doing theatre and a car broke down and she needed a new car, so she said she'd do it. Yeah, that's what she did. And But um, but she popped up in a couple of the sequels in flashback bits and she did the horror circuit forever. And this this made her like a bigger name actress, this film did, so, you know. Look, if we move on to changes, one of my changes is related to her. That every time there's a grab scene with her hands, Kevin Bacon's head being one of them, it's not her hands. They're, they're fucking clearly men's hands. She's got it, hairy arms. In one also, how would she lift, um, is it Brenda, onto the door and then stick arrows in her? Women are just as strong as men. I don't know what you're talking about. It's 2022. They're not, they're not the one, biologically. It's, it's 2022 now, Prog. You have to accept facts. That's what, that's what Sean exactly what Sean said. He's like, how can, how can she like she just you know pull up a um pull up a broken stick him on the door? Just can so. I um, can I just I'm not I'm I'm not battling this, but yes, I'm just kind of giving a a fourth wall breaking logical reason why they didn't know what the ending was when they were filming it, and they didn't cast Betsy Palmer, so they were just making that up as they went along. They didn't know who the killer was when they were filming it. That's what happened. Uh, that's, that's tell. Hairy arms. Yeah, so they didn't really know who the killer was going to be, but then they were like, and they were still working on while they were filming it. They were still working on the deal with Betsy Palmer's people, so they were kind of like, eh, we'll just film it. We'll just film it with some. They knew it was going to be a mother, though. They they had written it that the mother was the killer. Yeah, but they just kind of like, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even know that. I think they just kind of went into it like, oh, we're going to make a slasher killer film. We can get Betsy Palmer to be the killer. All right, she's the mother of kid that died. <laughs> it might just be a situation like that. So we went to the 80s, but people didn't care. They just cared about cocaine back then. Are we on changes now? Yeah, yeah, we're on changes. Right, okay. Some of the editing is... I, I don't know what's going on. Some of the scenes and shots just last so long. So long. And way lo- This film should not be an hour and a half. This film could have been 75 minutes at the most. Yeah. Kind of like, you know... Cut that. He just agreed. <laughs> like, yeah, but, you know, it's just like... thing is, it's a film, and they, they always try and get to that magic 90-minute mark, don't they? So they... People it wasn't like magic this time, but... Yeah, no, I know, I know. But it's just people feel like they got their value for money. Otherwise, it's just like an episode of Coronation Street. It's a bunch of film. They're, they're fucking cutting on a flatbed. It's hard. No, it's ter- no, sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't do it like... I. Every time, like, it took about 20 minutes to get into the film as well. Yeah, but, like, you know, it's world building, isn't it? you got to get to the... Evening. What about that? What was the first girl that got killed? The one that was uh, backpacking? Annie. Annie, yeah. Yeah. What, that scene where she's in the truck with that guy and they're talking for about five minutes about nothing. No, it's not nothing. They're talking about her not... She shouldn't go to Camp Crystal Lake. He's forewarning her of the dangers. You can get that over in thirty seconds, Ad. You don't need five oh. minutes of film for that. And the film—it's not film, then, is it? It's just like it's just like oh, thirty-second scenes. Like I—I want to see what Annie and that guy are talking about for ages. He, no, you don't. He, he paints he a picture. He paints I'm a- telling you now, right? If this was in another film that you didn't have, you know, in, an emotional connection to, you'd be slating it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't slate would, this at all. You would. If this was in When Harry Met Sally, you'd be all over it, Ad. 
<laughs> but Harry met Sally has more problems than this one. <laughs> uh, for me, like the the film is dated. It, it doesn't, and the acting isn't particularly great. Um, I we're not saying that those are changes. It's just a sign of the film. It, it, it is, but it can't do much about it. But the, some of the issues I have is, are with some of the decisions. And it's a horror film, I know. But like when Alice hits uh, Mrs. Voorhees with the frying pan and she goes down, just keep fucking hitting her. But yeah. I had the same um, discussion point in Halloween. If someone's down, just fucking Con- keep hitting them. Confirm the kill. Yeah, I yeah would, confirm it. I, I would say that's more frustrating in Halloween though because she has a fucking knife in her hand and drops it twice. Well, drops it right by him, doesn't she? Yeah, like, well, um, also, Alice need, really needs to learn how a door works. So she barricades a door the wrong way. The door yeah. opens outwards, out of the cabin, but she barricades <laughs> it in a way that all they would have to do is open it and then step over what she's barricaded it with. Yeah. Makes no sense. She was panicked. Like, she was barricading that door in a way where it was like, oh, so there's not any windows next to you. It's like she barricaded the curtains. I'm telling you right now, right? If I had made this film, the temptation to just have a turnaround and have the killer stood right behind it, or the killer just opened the door willy nilly, would have been so strong. It would have been unreal. Like, I loved it. The, 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 the one thing it does fall victim to, though, is the fact that, like, I love how, like, Betsy Palmer, or I keep sorry, Mrs. Voorhees is just ripping through everyone. But when it comes to the final girl, they just do that thing. They're like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you now. Yeah. I'm, now I'm going to talk to you because film. Well, it, and, it, and she's obviously like killed all those men, but she can't kill Alice. And they end up having like a 10 minute tussle on the beach. I, I, I know the tussle goes on a bit too long, but I do love the head cut off at the end of it. I do love the fact you guys had a fucking head lobbed off. I think I that's... don't mind the head being lobbed off. I just that fight that they have is atrocious. It goes on for a little while. Well, but... she, she hits her with a frying pan about I don't know five times, or, or injures her in such a way throughout that entire sequence, and she still gets up. And you're like, for fuck's sake, she's like a sixty year old woman. You hit her one, she's down. Mm. Could you say though that um, could be a realistic fight though? Because I've seen real fights, non Hollywood fights. They are a bit like that, just people rolling around. Fucking. If Mrs. Voorhees hadn't killed several men in the way that she had killed them, then I would believe that as a realistic fight. But she'd already killed several men. Well, I I just love though, like I just love that, like how deluded a person is. Like, ah, oh, my son died drowning, so I kill every teenager now. If it comes to this one camp, everyone dies. Because my teenager, my, my well, my, and and her teen and his son didn't even die. No, based on the law of the franchise, I'll tell you who else really got on my wick as well. The kooky guy Ned. Yeah, but he dies on me. So that's oh, that's... yeah, but I didn't get any satisfaction from seeing him die a gruesome death. How, yeah, how he does die? he? Yeah, I was going to say he, walks, he just walks. He, walks, he sees Mrs. Voorhees walking into the house, doesn't he? So he follows yeah. that. He goes into that rundown house and you don't see him again. You just see him on the bed, dead already. So she's oh, killed him in that. Do you know, house. I think I saw a version without that in there. Do you, do no, you see that, Liv? No, no, I, I saw him walk into the, walk into the, cut, the hut. That is there. Oh, sorry. You mean now? I thought you meant back in the day. No, no, but the version I saw a couple of nights ago, I don't think I saw that bit. No, it's in there. 
it's just, just the, it's just as the storm is about to start. Yeah. I, I love though. I love that like <laughs> when Alice at the end is like going through the shit, she runs into the Jeep. Dead Annie's there for no reason because she was on the side of the road. Why is she why is she put it back in the well, car? She wasn't just on the side of the road, she was like deep into the forest because she ran away from her, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't she just leave her there? So Mrs. Borey's chucked her over her shoulder and carried her back to the car. Then, like, she runs backwards. I mean, a body just flings from the rafters for, for like, it is like that stupid, it's that cheesy horror film thing. But I thought, look, you've seen so many dead bodies. Just jump in a fucking Jeep for dead body. Who cares? No, would I? Just jump in the Jeep. I would have jumped in the Jeep, yeah. Do you know yeah. the biggest issue I have with all of it? Is why did she get in the boat at the end? Um... It's like the scariest... Oh, I tell you what I'm going to do. I've just been scared shitless, and this woman now is dead behind me. I'm just going to get in this boat and go out into this scary, dark fucking I'll tell you lake. why she gets in the boat. Because it was written in the script, because they needed her in the boat to have that final scare oh. with Jason. Yeah. That's yeah, why. That's how, dumb, that's how dumb the writing is in this film. What, what they should have done is had a final fight with her getting knocked into the boat... Knock, you know, hitting her head, being knocked out, and the boat then drifting out. Why didn't you write it, Ad? I well, exactly. I should have. And when she's in the boat, she has her fingers in the water, so she would have pissed herself before she woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, when she pushes the boat out, she doesn't put a paddle in there with her. Scared. She's scared, Prog. It's like people do this stuff when they're scared. I, I, I love the excuses you make for these kind of films. I just love hearing you treading water, trying to try, just trying to make the film sound better treading. than it is. It's not treading water, Prog. It's just, it's just understanding the human condition. You know, people people act weirdly and rash when they're frightened. So we're, we're taking a realistic approach to this film, are we? Um, I, I think the film's highly realistic, yes. Oh, fuck off, then. <laughs> I think they're all highly realistic. Right, before we move on, has anyone got any more changes? You didn't get mine. Yeah, I've I've got a few. Um, Yes, you haven't got any yet. Come on now. (laughs) Um, I'll try and rattle through them quickly. Um, the the first the first couple the the Kumbaya couple at the the start. Um, I love the I love how it's so romantic. They just like they go up to the top of this like creepy raggedy old barn and get this like this shit rag of a sheet and just put it down as like a makeshift bed so they can every like, teenagers mate you know you take any oh, opportunity back oh. in the day <laughs> we all know you've done worse Ev. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, there's very lechy people in this film proper lechy people like the, like Ev, the guy who oh, it's, like you, it's like you and you and you fuck off <laughs> I was. I, I'm. Not, I'm not lechy. No, I know I'm, you. I'm, were I'm, sensi- I'm sensitive. <laughs> uh, I have feelings. <laughs> um, no, it's just, like the like the truck the truck driver guy. Like when when he's given Annie a lift, literally like grabs her ass when she's when he's pushing her in the in the cab. And um and Steve like he's very lechy with his hair touching and pervy mm. tone. Well, Ned, the other one as well. He's, he's uh, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, proper lech. Um, I think the music plays a big part in the film in building the tension. I think without the music there, it's. It, I don't think certain parts of it wouldn't be scary at all. 
Um, and um, oh, the the axe in the bed. Why touch? Why move the axe? Why touch the axe? You know, surely they have they not thought of fingerprints? You know, if the if the police are going to turn up and yes. you know, dust down for prints. Human condition. I said this already. People act weirdly when they scared and they don't know what's going on. I know you've got a fucking condition, Ad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Prog, Prog you've just, you you talked about the the fight at the end. Um, it's oh, it's just so shit. But yeah, the, the decapitation makes up for it slightly, and also the the facial expression of Mrs. Voorhees. So it's it's not <laughs> the fact that Mrs. Voorhees' hands go like that. Yeah. And when <laughs> the head is off. <laughs> on that thing, I love when her head isn't even on her shoulders. Her hands just go. Yeah. Oh. But, hey, that, that's the meat, David. That's the fucking scene when he's gone like this. No. And, for like for the facial expression just before that, when she sees like when she sees the sword coming round, it's not it it's not like a fear or, or something. It's <laughs> almost like it's almost like she's laughing, like, ha ha, come on in. You know, it's like I don't know. Um, yeah, and just uh, yeah. Right. Um, if you if you were wrapped up, I'm gonna yeah. ask two questions before we go to recommend. This one's first aimed at Adam and Prog. We watched a film a few weeks back, a few months back now, and I still haven't edited it. Hol- um, oh, Cannibal Holocaust. And in that, there was quite a bit of killing of animals. In this film, a snake gets chopped in half or checked. Did you think it was as bad? Because I, it didn't bother me at all. Whereas in I that th- other film, you know, that was the worst part is the killing of the animals. I'm pretty sure that's a special effect, though, as realistic as it looks. I'm, mm-hmm. I swear I've re- I'm going to check it out right now in case I'm wrong, but I swear Tom Savini did that effect. Because I think if, if it is, it's a bloody good effect. Because I thought that, that I, when, not- I, when we were watching it last night, I asked Adam. Is that a special effect? Because I thought it did look real. And I, I did wonder, because we saw animals get killed, and maybe it's more because they were mammals, and this is a snake and a snake, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, snakes. But, like, it's funny, it's the first thing that popped in my head. Oh, was that real? And if it was, why didn't I have the same sort of effect? Or why didn't it have the same effect with me as well? I'm just looking at it now. Oh, but they know. Some people are saying different things. Or some people are saying it was real. Some people are saying it's practical. Um, okay. Someone on Reddit says, an actual snake was killed in the scene uh, where one is found in one of the uh, camper's cabins. The snake handler, who was unaware of the snake's fate, was incredibly upset and had to be held back by crew members after it happened. Imagine that. My guy, well, they, my father, they didn't tell him that they were going to kill the snake. Well, according to someone on Reddit, but I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, yeah, there's no sources on there. Oh, actually, yeah. there is. No, there is. They got a screen round article. No. Oh, apparently, apparently, I always thought I read it was fake because I remember like, no, they wouldn't have killed a snake, and someone telling me, but no, apparently it was real. Isn't it funny? Like our snake is deemed more acceptable to kill on camera than yeah, like what we saw. Like a, I can't remember in Cannibal Holocaust what was killed. Was it a pig? No, it wasn't a pig. It was a turtle, a monkey. Um... Oh yeah, that's what it was. Oof. But like... and it was it was one of those um, rodents that they kept stabbing in the neck, wasn't it? Oh yeah, but what I will say though, can I just imagine being a snake handler? Being I, I I'm going to call him Bob for the sake of the story, but Bob the snake handler. Here's my uh, here's my snake. We'll call you know what Dave the snake or whatever. He, yeah, he, he's been in a hundred films previously. He's like the best snake I have. Chop. Yeah. I'm going to go get a cup of tea. 
I'll come back when you finish filming. What's happened by you? Because <laughs> you're pissed off. You'd be like, what's going on? He's, t- he's taken me 10 years to get him to this point. Oh, we thought, we thought it was like a worm. Just kind of <laughs> And then no. fi- final point for me, right? In horror films, why is it always down to the last woman? Can you think of a film where there's a group of people, but it's down to the last man? There's a lot of like, there's been a lot of like essays and stuff written about this, about the final girl and what it means and stuff. It's all with, it's all sexual undertones, isn't it? There's like, it's always a, it's a woman in this, a female killer in this, but typically in a slasher, there's always a, a male serial killer and then a sort of quite a young, uh, attractive woman. And there's something about, there's, there's loads of essays about it. Like you have to pull some up, but um, that's the, um, I'm sure really people want. read into it what they want, but do you know what I think? Horror is one of the genres where it doesn't matter who the lead is, male or female, and it never has mattered. So I, why but, are people but, complaining if women are the lead in a horror? I don't think it's not. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just interesting that I don't see many men. I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, here's another reason as well why I think is um, probably because, I, I'm not saying this is true, but it certainly would have been the sensibility in the 80s. Um, the young woman is, the you know, it's the underdog, isn't it? Like they're the ones that are like, they are the ones that are like most at danger against Michael Myers. Or so, are you saying they're slightly more vulnerable in that situation yeah. than like a big burly guy or whatever? Yeah, it's the vulnerable. Like like Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, when she's you know in Halloween, she is you know she's a like a seventeen year old kid against the fucking man beast that is Michael Myers. Do you know what I mean? It's just um, it's it's it, but they also I think I think if you were to put a man in that role. I think it becomes a slightly different ending. Yeah. Could you? I, I like. I think I'm. I, when you said that, asked that question, and I, I, I don't know why, but I immediately thought of Predator. And you got a group of men against this creature. Yeah. I mean, in in another setting, that could be a horror film, Predator, but it's not. It's an action film because it's got Arnie in it. And he basically goes toe to toe with the with this alien creature at the end. I was I was just thinking of the Exorcist. Can I um just say as well? Um, yeah. I went to cap this on at the end of what I was saying as well. Um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, Five, and Six don't have a final girl. They have the character Tommy Jarvis, first played by Corey Feldman. So if it is a bloke, there is a bloke in the in Four, Five, and Six. That's the final one, and it's Corey Feldman in the you know young Corey Feldman in Number Four. Yeah. So, like, um, you know, that character runs through a few films. Tommy Jarvis does. He's very famous okay. in the uh, in the franchise. But, yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think you're on to the right track by saying, though, that a female is seen as more vulnerable than a male character. Well, Tommy Jarvis on is, the whole. So Tommy Tommy Jarvis is a little kid in the number four. He's yeah. Calvin, you know. So. All right. Let's think about wrapping this up. So, Prog, would you recommend? No. Ad? I think absolutely yes, but like also, if you're a horror fan, you cannot be a horror fan about seeing this film. I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I disagree. I'm saying I'm laying that out right now. This is one of the. I, I think I think there are umpteen better horror films than this. There are umpteen better horror films than this, but this is an essential one to watch. You can't you can't you have to cut your teeth on this if you get into horror films. I'm sorry. Ad, ad. Let me ask you this, but there's a list of films people have to see before they die. Yeah. Casablanca is one of them. Yeah. 
are you saying people have to see Casablanca even though you don't like it? I, I love Casablanca. It's a good film. No, no, I'm saying in, in theory, are you saying people have to watch Casablanca even if you didn't like it? Apples and oranges. <laughs> God, they're like bananas and pears. Yeah. Um, swings, yeah. swings and roundabouts. I'm going to say a resounding yes on recommending. Ev? No. Big fat no from Ev. I I would um I would say yes. If, oh my god! If you were a horror fan, and I'm not saying you have to watch it, I just think it, give it a go. I, I would say if if someone was saying to me I fancy watching Friday the Thirteenth films, but I knew that they were a bit thing about films that are a bit slow, I would say start with number four because you can you can start with number four and still get as much enjoyment. And they start the, the series is going hundred miles an hour then. I would say just watch one Friday the 13th and be brother. No, you have to watch all 12. I, to... I just don't understand why you would recommend this film to horror fans. It's, it's, there's, there's, there's so many better horror films out there. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. There are, there's like a million films I would recommend before there. I would just... I, I just think there's some things they do quite well in this film. The, the recommend question we ask at the end, right? When I say yes or no to something, I always have, I always imagine a conversation before. So when I'm saying yes to someone about Friday the 13th, there's a conversation where someone's like, I'm thinking about getting into slasher movies. Give me some films to watch. I'm going to say Friday the 13th. That's going to be one of the first films. I'm expect. This that this and Halloween are going to be like two of the first ones I'm going to mention. Why would Yeah, but there's better slasher films than this. Why would this be one of the first ones you give up? Well, I'm giving them the best slasher film in one of the answers, which is Halloween. But you have to you have to get through the Friday the thirteenth films to get into slasher films. You no, but have... you don't though. That's my point. I'm not I'm not having to go I'm not having to go you, right? I'm just saying my point is because there's better films out there, why do you need to feel the need to recommend this one? Because you well, if you want if you're a purist and you want to watch all of them, you need to watch this to get to like number four and stuff, which are the best slasher films ever made, in my opinion. I love number four is one of my favorite horror, like one of my favorite horror movies. I, I love Part Four. Part Four's great, and I'm going to recommend them. Maybe we should have just gone to straight number four anyway. Yeah, huh? yeah. We'll, Wait, we'll I, wish we, I wish we had. We have to do number two and three first. We have to I do. Tell all... you what, you watch him for us. You um come report no, back because and... he's going to tell us to watch him. Look, look. I'm sure right now, but I'll rewind the movies fans all want us to watch every Friday the Thirteenth film. Not in one go, but like uh, periodically over the next. I don't know so, if I someone tells me I'd, uh, Evan's not going to be able to make the recording the night we're doing uh, it. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I could bring myself to watch it. We, we're going to kidnap him, tie him to a chair, put matches in his eyelids so they. It's going to be like Clockwork Orange, and he's going to watch them all. Oh, I didn't. I didn't like that film either. What a disappointment that is. Oh. You have to watch him with the no. I tell you what, right? For, this is for the listeners now, like all right, all, all four of you. If you want us to sit in a room with Prog and Evan and watch all the other 11 Friday the 13th films, say hell's of, say something like, no. say something in the comments. Say yes. Add, the- here's a question for you, right? Are any of the Friday the 13th films have a, or do they have a prominent canine character in them? <laughs> because I'm sure Prog would be all over that. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a myth being created by this podcast. Well, that you don't like dogs. Yeah, you just don't like dog films. Both. Oh, what, what was your What was your rating of this film? Eight out of ten. 
Fuck it, you were on your own, you are. Yeah, it's I love this film. It's a good oh. movie. I, I know it has problems, but I, I, I have. It's like when we did, you know. It's right. Like, I just want to put this into context, right? You gave this an eight. You mm-hmm. gave Great Outdoors a six. You gave Har- When Harry Met Sally a six. You're saying this film is two points better than When Harry Met Sally. Mate, it's not, that's not even a conversation worth having because you're just going to get upset. No, I know, because you're an idiot. That's why. I'm not a fucking idiot. It's about taste. I don't, When Harry Met Sally is, a, is the quintessential six out of ten movie. It's got the most annoying score ever. Billy Crystal's a fucking dickbag in it as well. It's okay. <laughs> It has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. We just talked about all the redeeming qualities. No, you <laughs> talked about them. We all talked about them. You said some, some as well. You liked this last night, bro. You just want to admit to liking it. I've done this it, thing. Where I, I, I was re- laughing at this like I was watching a Dave Chappelle special. I, I, realized, I, I just realised what it is now. You bring this film up every time. I said I don't like when Harry met Sally. So you've got it out for me now. Every film I like, you're just going to say you hate why would I why would I say I hate every film you hate? That defeats the purpose of me of me enjoying a film. Is is this is the question though? Is this better than Back to the Future? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, obviously it's not obviously it's not better than Back to the Future. I, I don't, I don't what was your rating on Back to the Future, lad? <laughs> Probably an eight out of ten. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Back to the Future four. <laughs> I, I prefer Back to the Future 2 to find the board anyway. I was no, what was, no, he gave Back to the Future a worse rating than this. I give it 8 out of 10, Back to the Future. Eight, Back to the Future is 8 out of 10. I said Bill and Ted was better than. I give Bill and Ted a 10. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, definitely on that bombshell, we're going to leave now, right? We've got we to wrap this up. So podcasts come up every Wednesday. Check out our YouTube channel where we're doing a bit more um, video specials. And if you want us to do a film in the future, let us know. <laughs> Cheers all. Cheers, guys.